you know, having the opportunity to feel so held by the mystic, mm. to be so in love with life, to remember how good it feels to be in your body, how safe you can feel in your body for those who have felt very unsafe in their body. Hello and welcome to the Vitality Vortex. I'm your host, Jenny Alma Rose, and each week we bring in experts in their field to help guide you on your journey to physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Reach higher states of consciousness and live your deepest desires as you tune in and attune to embodiment practices such as mindfulness, meditation, movement, and nourishment. We believe that by taking the time to nurture ourselves, we can become more connected to who we are and the world around us. And by doing this, we can create a supportive community that helps us grow and heal and ultimately make the world a better place. Today on the podcast, we are very happy to have with us Lindsay James. Lindsay James is a ceremonialist, a transition doula, and intimacy and relating guide. Using a dynamic transdisciplinary toolbox and the power of communication and alchemy, Lindsay guides people into the heart of their lives to unearth and integrate misalignments so that they may walk in right relationship with self, source, and their relations. So welcome to the show, Lindsay. We are so happy to have you here today. And yeah, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us how you got into this line of work. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, life, life got me into this work. You know, I just followed the path and it continued to throw me head first into transitions of all variety and just the heart of the matter. I started professionally in the nonprofit realm as a social worker and um, worked for a while with people with disabilities and then um, spent the last half of my nonprofit career working with the unhoused and um, youth on the streets, as well as women in recovery and substance abuse treatment. So um, I really found myself in the heart of, um, you know, facing what humanity is suffering from in the heart of transition, right? When everything's been stripped away, when we are on our knees, when we are really humbled by life in every way, when our um, choices and experiences have brought us to places where, um, you know, it is difficult yeah. to be alive. And yeah. um, so I sat with people in the depths right and did a lot of witnessing and supporting as well as helping bring community understanding support awareness resources to the programs that we served as well so i was also that bridge into um the other realms of society if you will and yeah. so i got to have lots of conversations with people about um their stories why where you know how we get there um what we're facing in those moments and um, along that journey, I just got a really clear intuition that it was time for me to start my own private practice and step away from social work and the nonprofit realm. And I really felt compelled to help the helpers, um, not just help the, the people that were down in the trenches. I mm. wanted to really have a larger impact, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be part of, um, this, yeah, greater ripple effect. So I started a one-on-one -on -one practice and leadership coaching and training and yeah. intimacy relating support. Um, and just found that my priority became working with the movers and the shakers and also the families. So um, hence the relationship aspect of it and helping people in partnership and union, how can that ripple out into the children and the communities? Yeah. And um yeah, so then really it's just been, kind of been unfolding from there. Yeah, so you've really been service oriented for a long time. So also in your early professional career, and then understanding and picking up on, you know, that practice and how it really aligned with some of of what you were feeling inside with your desire to reach out and help people and wanting to move into a private practice of yourself. And that's part of one of the reasons why I really was drawn to bring you in today to to be on this podcast is because I've, I've known people in my, you know, personal field that have worked with you and have just said 
have just raved about you and, and, um, and how you really helped them in their transition in their major transitions in life, you know, like, um, people coming out of divorce and, um, really, you know, navigating sort of that void of what, of what, um, that brings us into, because, you know, for so long and for so many years, we've been living a certain way. And now all of a sudden our lives are completely shifting and changing and we may find ourselves lost in that, you know, and lost in like who we are, where, how do we navigate this part? How do, how do I move forward? And sometimes you can feel stuck and stifled. And, and um, I know you've really helped people through that and that navigation. And so I just, I'm just curious to hear maybe some of the, the ways that you help people. Maybe could you give us some insight also in what that might look like? Um, for people as they're moving through those areas of life? Yeah. Oh, it's such a rich question. It uh, is. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot there. Um, well, <laughs> totally. Well, first and foremost, I it is my practice to meet everyone exactly where they are. I do not have a five-step program. I do not have a system. I put people through. Um, I actually require all my clients to do three sessions with me before we even take a long journey. If we're kind of on an extended path to make sure that we can build a, a solid foundation together and we communicate and resonate and mm-hmm. um, that we can work well. So I, yeah, for me, it's really about gathering as much information about what they are facing, where they are, what their goals are, what they're oriented toward, where they're willing and able to let themselves even go. Um, and then we kind of figure out what a plan would be from there. Um, as well, I use, um, I'm a psychedelic practitioner mm-hmm. as well. So in couples, um, marriage counseling, things like that, I'll sometimes bring that in. Um, if people are going through a space in their lives where they want a big shakeup or perspective change or just need um, to unravel at a deeper level or reconnect at a deeper level, um, I might bring in that. That's a pretty significant tool that I've been utilizing for several years. And um, but really, most of it, you know, it's around mindset. So we really look at our communication, communication with self, communication um, with life with the people in their lives, how they're orienting their self, themselves around language, around reward choice, around focal points. Um, I also bring them into the body. So uh, I know you're a somatic practitioner as well, and you understand the importance of, um, you know, how we hold and carry things in our body. And so are they feeling, are they existing within themselves? Are they inhabiting themselves? And so we'll bring them back into their body through a lot of different forms of movement or breath work um sound you know any kind of frequency or vibrational um activity or medicine that we can um orient them toward i also uh do a lot of immersion work in nature so i'm a earth-based practitioner and um we'll take people out to go walk about the land or do um visioning with the land to just do earth work actually literally get into um, the elements and work with the elements. And so um, we bring in uh, elemental alchemy that way as well. And it's it's really quite dynamic um, yeah. and it's very custom tailored. So it's it's so um, it's so fun and it's unique and it's fabulous. But I would say the core tenants are body, you know, how we're orienting our mind and our language. Um, are we in relationship with the earth and the elements? Are we actually getting out and communicating and, and working with them? Um, and then, yeah, what are we also orienting towards in terms of vision? What is What brings us joy? What brings us happiness? So yeah. um, those are all components, standard tenants of ways that I would work with clients. Yeah, so really helping people to rediscover themselves, you know, and using, as you mentioned, some of those somatic practices, earthquake practices, um, talking it out, communication. And, um, and then even, even it's like, I feel like it's like the way that we communicate with, with one another, um, with kindness, with respect. And sometimes that might be like an, an entirely new form of 
language for us, you know, really learning how to coming out of maybe coming out of a relationship that could have been toxic or volatile, um, that was very defense, you know, based, and there may have been a lot of guards put up there, you know, really helping people to figure out how to release some of those guards, those barriers, break them down, um, you know, speak with kindness, speak with um, respect, and discover that part of relating and communicating, right, is such an important and such an important um, way to be, just be in the world. Um, yeah. And then also, as you mentioned, all of the somatic practices with sound, with breath work, with movement, really helping to get all of our tissues, you know, shaking up some of those um, emotions that we may have been carrying, some of the traumas that may be deep rooted into ourselves and getting those up and out. And so they don't, they don't necessarily need to live within us any longer and they can, they can kind of be freed, you know, we feel so much lighter after that. And then mm -hmm. the earth-based practices. Recently, I watched a documentary on grounding. I recommend it. It's called, it was, um, I think it's called Earthing. And it was just such a fabulous, such a fabulous documentary. I recommend it for anybody going out and, um, you know, looking for something to watch. But it talks about grounding, just as you're doing with your clients, taking them out into nature, allowing them to feel this, right? Because we're all, like, we have electromagnetic frequencies running through us. And when we come into to contact with nature, we're resonating with them, right? We're resonating with the frequency of nature, with the universe and coming into alignment with mother nature, which is where, you know, we feel balanced, we feel connected. Um, it's where inflammation decreases in our body. Um, it's where we can feel less anxiety. We feel more at peace. And so really utilizing that as a practice as well is like super profound, super cool. Yes. And it sounds really yeah. lovely to be able to work with clients in that way and tailor, you know, like you've got such a, of a vast variety of tools to pull from and then being able to pull from them and um, utilize them for your clients. Very, very, uh, very, yeah, lovely, incredible. So you mentioned also utilizing uh, plant medicines and could you talk a little bit about that? And, and maybe we can, yeah, just have a, a little conversation around that usage um, and how you have found it to be helpful for your clients. Yeah, um, I am so grateful that over the last decade or so, plant medicine is becoming, you know, more front stage. I also have my concerns about that as well. Mm -hmm. um, we don't need to get into that, to that so much today. But um, I, you know, going back to earth-based practitioner, right? My, my heart and soul resides um, with nature. I just, I, I very much, um, attune and align, uh, with all things nature. And so whenever I think about where the greatest wisdom lies, it's in mother earth, right? Mm -hmm. It's in this body of life that is all things that supports all things that is ancient. And so plant medicines are a part of that system. They're this ancient technology. They're this ancient wisdom. They hold the memory of life itself. And so to access something that is so alive with that history and that wisdom is a really remarkable thing. Um, and to be able to tap into that source and allow it to move through you to um re-energize yourselves to re-inspire imagination and connection to um, that source energy, whatever people call that source energy. But um, what a fantastical opportunity that we have to have these plants that can come in and share the memory of what it means to be alive, alive in all forms beyond the human form. And so for me, that that's the greatest opportunity that we have with the plant medicines, right, is um, this chance to really listen deeply, which is something I think humanity at a 
on a large scale has has really become dissociated from that um, process of receiving information and not feeling like they have to respond to it or they have to create a story around it or process it immediately, but to just really be able to receive and be in that state of receptivity, that state of deep listening, that state of wonder and curiosity. And I think that it's that pathway to go through these systems of um, allowance that will bring us back to a grander state of connection, as well as um, true opportunity to interact with life in a meaningful way, in an intentional way, in a life-giving way, which is um, what humanity is really being called to do right now. Like we have gotten so anti-thriving, anti-life-giving, you know, we've become so consumptive in nature and destructive um, as a large body, as a large species that um, to be able to sit back and figure out how do we become part of the regenerative nature of this system? How do we return to the system and and really um, find ourselves flowing among it with it as part of it, as opposed to this separate entity that is just taking from? Um, and so I think plant medicines just give us this huge playground to do that and explore that. What does that mean? And then beyond that, you know, um, you know, from a neurobiological perspective, we're seeing um, through science and research there all the ways that it's actually stimulating um, growth in the brain, new neural pathways. It's helping us um, remove ourselves from the entrenched patterns of behavior because we are stimulating these new neural pathways and, um, you know, things that people are suffering from that may be chemically based, such as you know, a decrease in serotonin, aka depression or anxiety or some of these things that are caused by um, living in a disembodied society and living in a traumatic world, living in a toxic world. We have this opportunity with plant medicines as well to um, really open the mind, open the channels of the mind and create new ways of thinking, being, and interacting. And if we actually capitalize on the moment and we put it into practice beyond just the experience of um, that sit with the, the medicine, we really have a huge platform to work with in terms of how we, um, yeah, how we shape the landscape of the mind moving forward from there. So it's just so incredible. And then, you know, from a just as psycho-spiritual perspective, you know, having the opportunity to feel so held by the mystic, mm. to be so in love with life, to remember how good it feels to be in your body, how safe you can feel in your body for those who have felt very unsafe in their body. Um, you know, just feeling the fantastical nature of life wrap itself around you and remind you that we're living in this just wildly fantastical uh, experience that is so much more than what we see in the 3D realm of our relating and our reality. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's a very, very, very rich and meaningful playground. Yeah. And again, not for everyone not to be used without intention. Um, but I think when used in the right way and with the right people and the right settings and um, with uh, a lot of preparation to meet it there in a way where you can fully surrender to its majestic nature and its communication. We have the opportunity to really see um, big things shift in people's yes. lives. Lots and lots of deep healing. That has been my experience also in working with plant medicines. It's this, as you mentioned, this opportunity to rewrite your story, rewrite your script and really give, allow yourself this opportunity to take a look at, you know, your conditioned beliefs that you've been either raised through family, through parents, through society, through the environment, you know, how have we been raised in this world that we've been living in this, this sort of like with the, the boundaries that have been laid out for us take a look at those boundaries and take a look at all of the rules that we've, you know, we've been given from birth until however old we, we are at the moment that we decide to really stop and, and look at those boundaries and then decide for ourselves what, 
what is true for us? What is in alignment for us? Because we get an opportunity to really dive into the depths of our being and come into connection with, you know, who we are. And I, I agree with you that plant medicines provide a lot of wisdom to us, that connection to nature, that connection to the wisdom that's been carried out. You know, mycelium is one of the oldest living organisms on the planet, right? And just imagining how much wisdom is carried um, through that network and being able to tap into that resource allows us that opportunity to, um, again, rewrite the story, figure out for ourselves what is truth and what is what isn't. And it becomes such a healing, a healing tool and, you know, an opportunity to really give birth again to ourselves, right? And allow old parts of us that no longer serve us well to sort of die, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that can be, again, a beautiful, beautiful thing. However, on the other hand, it can be... Um, sort of, um, it's, you know, scary to walk through that, that newness Absolutely. and not really yeah. knowing where it's going to take us and who we're going to become. Um, and so I remember in one of, one of the ceremonies that I had with, um, with an ayahuasca ceremony, there was an, there was a moment in that where I literally was standing on the footsteps of a large black, it was like a black hole and my toes were sort of just hanging off of it. And I was being asked to jump into it, jump into that void. <laughs> and I remember feeling so much fear and I couldn't do it, but I was just standing there on the, on the brink of it. And I remember the next morning sort of like analyzing that situation and feeling that I've, that I wanted to jump into that void. I wanted to go in. And so I asked for that opportunity to see that vision again, because I was ready. I was ready to go in and, and it never appeared for me, but sometimes I think, you know, it's, it's the integration of that message into your real life, because in my real life, Absolutely. I did go through the void. I was in mm -hmm. the void and I was in that area where I had to navigate through it. And so, um, yeah, maybe I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what that can also look like for people, you know, navigating through that void and how to do it with courage, because it takes courage to go into those, you know, very vulnerable places in our life and to face that. And we don't know what it's going to bring. We don't know how we're going to like, you know, when the, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, we don't know that we are going to be OK. We're going to blossom. You know, sometimes yeah. it can feel so scary to be in that space. Absolutely. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite conversations to have with my clients and people in general, because um, the more I think this is one of the most critical choice points, muscles in our existence that we can really cultivate, um, which is that, you know, courage, surrender, you know, how do we live with grace? How do we allow life to both happen to us and also co-create with it in such a way where we're getting out of our way. And um, there's so many things in this one first, I kind of want to bring it back to, and uh, you know, plant medicine isn't the only way to do this, but since we're on the topic, you know, yeah. one of the things I love about plant medicines, I think it shows us all the places we are not free, you know, all the places we're still locked up or we're um, feeling really loyal to a person or an energy or a storyline or a pattern of behavior. And so um, as we start unlocking or as we start confronting these realities, these parts of us that are um, not free or that are still living in illusion and, um, you know, unhinging from that, it can be very destabilizing. It can be very frightening. You know, all the ways that um, people try to control their environment, their situation, their reality um, by crafting those stories. I mean, part of why we create stories is so we can manage the reality that we're choosing and it could be a very bad environment that we're crafting and a story about to tolerate it or it can be a really empowering story that is allowing us to move toward a vision so stories are really powerful but you know the more that we can give ourselves permission to 
let it all fall away, you know, be in that state of, again, kind of going back to what is it like if I step into a place of curiosity as opposed to control or where I'm trying to dictate and decide what this is going to look like, how it's going to look. And when we go into situations or when we get real with ourselves about the fact that you know, we're in these spaces of misalignment. So we'll use marriage, for example. If if we've been in a marriage and it's been largely loveless, we're we're miscommunicating, we're not meeting each other's needs, where we just are having a, a great discomfort and we've tried lots of things and it's it's not going anywhere. But we have this story that keeps us so loyal, but this is my husband or this is my wife or this is the father of my children or whatever it is, and this is my soulmate. Um, when we start to let that fall away and get curious about, are the stories that I'm telling myself true? Are the things that I'm moving towards things I actually want? Are the things that I'm allowing to come into my life things I actually approve of? Or am I passively letting them come at me? And we go into that. We start to dissolve the reality as we know it. And that's where that uncomfortable space comes in. And we are confronted with this opportunity to make new and different choices. What are new and different choices? How do I exercise my voice differently? How do I speak up for myself needing this? How do I tell this person that I need to leave? How do I, you know, claim that this job is no longer for me and I need to pursue a different path? You know, these things that have been very scary for us. And I think it's first to get really curious about the impact that we're having um, with the way we're interacting with our life. You know, what what is the result of how I'm living my life right now? The relationships that I'm choosing, um, the ways I'm thinking about life, the ways I'm letting myself dream and imagine, the ways I'm interacting with my children. You know, what is the impact? And so we start in a state of curiosity. And from there, we just gather and glean information. And it's just a place where we're taking it in. We're doing that deep listening, that space of observation, and we're allowing insight and understanding to come forward. And then once we start to get really clear, okay, like this thing over here really needs tending. It needs Mm -hmm. attention. I'm going to need to make some big changes around this if it's joy that I want to experience or safety that I want to experience or purpose whatever it might be and then from there that's where we have to really get comfortable with exercising courage and commitment to the choice and I have so many of my clients say things like, is there a magic pill or a magic button or is there some way and I'm like nope the only way out is through yeah. And there's no practice out there. There's no manifestation principle. There's no, um, you know, magic button that anyone's going to find that is going to get them from point A to point B without that passage through the void, through the discomfort, through the shakeup. And it can be very destabilizing to our identity, to our actual physical environment, sometimes to the body as the body recalibrates, as our nervous system shifts and changes with environment and choice. So getting people to a place where they can just accept, right? Where I'm going to go through the void. The void is inevitable. And in that, orienting themselves however they feel best. But I always encourage my clients to really um, start letting themselves feel excited. Like when anxiety might creep in, what if you let anxiety be felt? So feel it in your body. Where does this anxiety live? What is this related to? Be curious for a moment. And then what if you let anxiety transform into excitement? Because they show up in your body pretty similarly. And what if this is really excitement? Because the cells in your body are starting to really move around and respond with um, excitement about what you're moving towards, excitement about what it's going to feel like when you're free from, you know, this condemning, controlling relationship or this job that is just soul sucking and you're going to move towards your passion of photography or whatever it might be. What if it's just excitement? And so can we repattern our relationship with the sensations in our body 
after first feeling it, after acknowledging it, accepting it, allowing it, all super important. So no bypassing anything. Um, but can we allow all of these new sensations to be something um, that is on the horizon that we're actually excited about moving towards? And like any other thing, it's a muscle. I say find myself saying that to my clients all the time. It's a muscle. And any muscle only strengthens through repetition and use. And so if you are just now back in the gym, you're going to be sore. It's going to be uncomfortable. You may want to quit. It may be unfamiliar. Like, why am I doing this? But we know that if you push through that that, that period of uh, discomfort, that all of a sudden your body starts to really like it and then it feels good and then it craves it and then it's just something that you need. And I think personal growth is that way too. You know, it's just the more we practice being bold and courageous, the more we practice aligning ourselves, the more we practice using our voice to express what we need or, um, you know, claim a space in our world or speak up about something the stronger it becomes. And that's just it. There's no other way to do it than to do it. There's a lot of different practices. There's a lot of different pathways that can strengthen these things like the breath work, like the movement, like yoga, like sound, like psychedelics, you know, but all of these things only open doors. And until we actually step into the threshold of orienting ourselves to action nothing's going to change in an enduring way. And so it doesn't matter what we talk about if people aren't willing to actually show up to the action every day and make different and better, more bold choices in their lives. hundred percent. And I do, I want to touch back on that, that um, yes, just because I know we got onto the conversation of plant medicine, but this is available to us with so many different modalities, right? Um, this podcast that I did last time was about breath work. And one of the beautiful things about breath work is that you do have control. You'll go into a similar experience as you can with, um, you know, plant medicine, but you have control of the experience in the sense that, you know, if it becomes too much for you, you can control your breathing and you can step out of it and, and then, and, and back into it if you'd like. And so, um, all of these different things that you're mentioning, going into nature and grounding, connecting with nature, you know, going into sound healing, um, movement practices for somatic healing, breath work, they're all available to us, yoga, um, meditation, there's so many different ways to navigate through this, you know, journaling is another great one, talk therapy is another great one. But um, yeah, there's just such a such a beautiful, um, whew, it's, meeting that courage and meeting that um, meeting those vulnerable places in yourself and then having the courage to, to face them. It's such an empowering practice and it, it really helps you to discover the strength of your own self, you know, and then, and from that discover more of who you are discover more of this beautiful being, you know, that you are, and it really helps you move forward into the spaces that are in alignment for you. As you mentioned, if it's not the right relationship, it's moving out of that into something that is the right relationship, or if it's not the right job, it's moving out of that into a place that brings you passion and joy. And then you're of service to the world. You, you are showing up in a larger compass capacity that can be more of service to the world. And it's just this, you know, it's like an upward spiral that you kind of go through. Right. And, mm -hmm. and continually growing and evolving and, um, just, yeah, becoming more and more of who you truly are. Such a beautiful, such a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think that, um, you know, I'm glad you said capacity because I talk to my clients a lot about the goal here is to increase your capacity. Mm -hmm. because when you have more capacity, you have more capacity to respond to life, to make choices, mm -hmm. to hold things, uh, to move towards things, like to be still and, you know, just allow life to come and move. And there's not a one of us, no matter, you know, how much we clear out the density and the trauma and find that just beautiful relationship, if that's what we want and our life 
purpose and business is thriving. There's no way any of us are getting through this life um, immune to the suffering and the challenges and hardships of life. We're all going to confront death. We're all going to confront death of loved ones. We're all going to confront loss of relations, seasons, and cycles of life. We're all going to likely confront, you know, the loss of a pet or, um, you know, some other significant loved one who's not human. Um, but there are situations that are just going to come at us that require us to be able to navigate ourselves well if if it's grace that we want to experience as opposed to total rupture and um and sometimes rupture is required you know i'm someone who's been through the passageway of divorce and custody litigation and rearranging um my reality as a mother and time with my children and um just some really difficult uh, passageways that really did require eye rupture. You know, I had to break open and feel the grief at such a level that I could return and make peace and allow life to exist and move forward as it did. So um, the more people can just get acquainted with the idea that we're all grief is going to come for us suffering and challenge and hardship will come for us it is to be held in the same hand as the beauty and the joy and um our witness of all the beautiful things that we're wanting we're not trying to only move towards the joy and the beauty and that's that's the fallacy and i think that's where a lot of people um get get lost in this very organic transitional season and cycle of life is because they're trying so hard to avoid it as opposed to allow it and recognize that it's inherently beautiful just like the other things you know it just shows our capacity to care to be alive to be in relationship to be in connection and um you know i i also work as a death doula and so i i like to um talk about death a lot and death beyond the physical body. I'm not just talking about when end of life actually comes for someone, but recognizing that death is going to come for us many times in a life cycle mm-hmm. in a lot of different metaphorical ways. And the more that we can allow that and um, just acknowledge the beauty that comes with that, like, oh, this is an opportunity for rebirth occur this is an opportunity for something to fall away so some new cycle can emerge and what can i take and gather from this last cycle what is the gold here that the stuff that i can really mine from this and you know bring forward with me as earned wisdom as my talisman for how i will do better show up differently and um, respond to life with that greater capacity and um, one of my favorite things to share with clients, especially particularly going into psychedelic journeys, um, is the saying, welcome, right? When life's discomforts come for you, because they will, welcome. What, what are you here for? What do you have to offer me? What do you have to share with me? What can I see? What What is the opportunity in this moment? How can I allow you to wash through me and over me? in such a way that I will understand more of me and have deeper relationship to life itself. And I think all of these transitional moments in our life are really a call to be in deeper relationship with life. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful opportunity Absolutely. to say, okay, all right, here we are. And we always have this opportunity so long as we have breath in this vessel. Um, to choose transformation, to choose evolution, to choose um, to take a step in whatever direction we desire. And if it's staying where we are and if it's doing another day and the contraction or the disappointment or whatever else, that's okay too. There's no shame in people choosing not to actively run at their own evolution or um, course correct we don't have to be in a constant state of change that's not what 
I'm trying to say either, you know, it's all perfect. It's all learning. What learning opportunity, what adventure do you want? How do you want to know yourself and know this life? And then you have choice points for there. And what choices will you make? Up to you. Yeah. I equate life to um, a Fibonacci. So Fibonacci is, you know, it's a, it's mm-hmm. found in nature. It's an, it's a spiral, right? But it's an exponential spiral. And I also do day trading. And so on the charts, you will find Fibonacci formulas playing out on the, the charts, um, coinciding with the emotions of, of people, right? And so it's really, it's a fascinating tool to see on the charts playing out. But what that looks like sort of in a linear scale is that we may have be in an upward transition or an upward momentum followed by what we call a pullback. So it's pulling back to maybe half of where we were in that upward momentum. And we may plateau for a little bit, a little bit that's called consolidation and day trading. And then we may see another upward momentum. And so I feel that it's, it's very much like that in life. Maybe it's, you can equate it to like two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes there's just, you're just on a plateau of like cruising, which feels really good. But then there comes another point where it's like, okay, another transition is, 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 is available to me. Another opportunity for growth is available to me. Another shift is about to occur. I can sort of feel those, you know, mm-hmm. in my system now I can feel when it's time. I'm like, oh man, it's coming. <laughs> And they don't all have Absolutely. to look, they don't all have to look bad, you know. They don't have to be surrounded with grief or hardship, but it but it it there is an opportunity for questioning again, deep questioning. And you know, I find myself being really attracted to learning about something that will shift m- my belief system. And and in essence, it's, it's, you know, I begin to evolve and I begin to grow and I begin to become attracted to some sort of, you know, other bit of, of information that's helping my evolution process. Um, right now I'm on, I'm on water. Like water is very fascinating to me. And just how you were talking about how plant medicine has wisdom, water has wisdom as well. And so I'm learning about, you know, the importance of water and in our lives and, um, so yeah, so these shifts don't necessarily have to look, you know, um, be filled with so much grief. Sometimes they can just be another opportunity for curiosity. And because we've used that courage muscle so many times along our journey, it's it's like, okay, well, I'm ready to to step into the newness of this next part of my life with courage and be curious about what it will bring for me and be open to that receptivity of it, you know, and exploration of it. And I think that that can also just be, it's like, it's like an adventure. Like if you're going to go on a trail or a hike, you don't know where it's going to take you, but it's going to be beautiful along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe you'll see like a deer or a stream or, and, you know, a bird's going to come fly and, and talk to you, but it's, um, it's this adventure that you're on and that's the adventure of life. Right. So, and yeah, sometimes we may fall down and we, we learn how to to stand back up and brush ourselves off and and move forward. Um, one of the last things I would love to touch on before we um, wrap this up, and thank you so much for everything you've been sharing this morning, Lindsay, is the association with the um, with our emotional wellness and our physical wellness, and how when we are, you know, not living in our uh, in, in alignment with our with our emotional sense, when we're holding on to any sort of traumas and um, you know unease within ourselves, how that can show up in the physical body. And I feel that our society, you know, in large in a large part, suffers from misalignment and diseases in their physical body, and. You know, when I first heard this idea that, you know, we store, we store emotions in our hips and I, I went to a yoga class and I was like, what are they talking about? That's just the silliest thing I've ever heard. And I remember getting a massage in my hips one time and I just started crying and I was like, where is this coming from? You know, and it was just like so much of a release. 
And the more that I started to learn about the physical body and the emotional body and how the emotions can can be stored in the tissues and in the cells, um, I really started to to sort of like understand understand that, you know, and understand how asthma can appear and inflammation can appear autoimmune diseases can appear because of certain traumas that we've lived through maybe in our past or in our current lives. Um, can you speak a little bit about, about that and how healing the emotions can also heal the physical body? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. <laughs> yeah. That this all first came into my awareness when I was still a social worker. <laughs> I remember actually like starting to bring these concepts into our detox program and um, wanting to bring in like, uh, yeah, conversations with our gentlemen in the male detox facility beyond um, just breath work and yoga. And that was hard enough to get that in at the time. You know, they were pretty standard. Let's just do the 12 step groups. Let's just keep them. But I was like, we also have to get them, you know, thinking and recognize, you know, like let's, let's help them understand what's actually happening. And um, you know, I was so woo for, uh, the very traditional, uh, you know, medical and psychological path of what we were looking at and talking about that it wasn't super welcome, but I just really dove into it because it made so much sense to me when I first started learning about it, right? If we have, um, all the different subtle bodies that we're working with and the different fields and, you know, now we have. A lot of people, it's really popular, the book right now, you know, The Body Keeps Score, where it's really talking about how to store trauma and, and our tissues and in our cells. And, you know, our, our body is a blueprint of all experiences that we've had throughout our life. And does that mean that everything stays permanently? No, I don't believe so. I think that that's why movement and, um, you know, sweating and uh, the ways we go out and earth and allow, you know, the earth to actually draw out some of the ions and toxins in our body is so important because we do, we need to keep things moving through. We don't want the stagnations in the body that really store and hold on to these things. Um, and over the years, all of it too, I also have gotten really clear about not ever wanting this conversation to um, put too much pressure on people at the same time. So yes, be aware of this, recognize that how you're thinking, how you're feeling, how you're moving your body, what you're putting into your body. These are all things that are working together in a larger system to support your wellness. But I don't want you to think because you're not out there running and sweating that it's your fault that you have this chronic back pain and you're suddenly it's all your fault. It's all your fault. So that's not the message either. But do we have an opportunity here to understand that, um, you know, there's potentially a lot of causal stuff happening and relational stuff. We can correlate like, okay, I have chronic back pain. What are ways in life that I'm not asking for help and feeling burdened? Um, I've historically shouldered too much. You know, are there different patterns and correlations that we can make to how we're living our life with how our body is and processing and, and holding something? Um, and so I think it's a really fun opportunity. I have a lot of fun with this conversation because um, it just gives us, again, this chance to be an explorer about recognizing, um, you know, what are the different ways that I can approach whatever it is that I'm facing, whether it's a disease or, um, you know, an autoimmune thing, um, you know, obviously diet and nutrition and um, what we're bringing into our body is important. How we're moving our body so that we aren't holding on to extra energy, extra weight, extra stagnation. Um, that's very important. And then how we're conducting our mind and They've shown that, you know, mind-heart coherence is a really important thing. And if we are thinking, orienting ourselves um, towards higher vibrational thoughts, not that, again, we're avoiding any of the lower frequency feelings, but if we can do that in a way that we still keep ourselves maintained at a higher frequency, our heart, our electromagnetic field is purifying and cleansing our body as well because we're vibrating at a higher frequency. So 
there's a lot of different ways for us to see that everything is in relationship and we have an opportunity to be our own greatest ally and healer by aligning our choices, our practices, and really communicating deeply with all aspects of our energy bodies, right? We've got the energy body, we've got the mental body, we've got the spiritual body, we've got the physical body. Mm -hmm. So if we can get all of these to where they're communicating and working towards a common goal, which is levity, which is greater capacity, which is um, feeling well and healthy and open and soft, um, you know, we have a better chance at seeing that enduring shift and and really um, moving through some of these periods of discomfort in a very different way and um, with a, a chance at actually creating um, a long-term experience in life that feels solid all the way through whatever transition may come. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's ultimately what we want, right? We want people living with joy, with health. I feel like health is our number one asset, you know, the physical body, the mental body, the spiritual body, the emotional body, um, that health just brings abundance in all areas of our life in relationships and, and finances in the, our passions of what we want to pursue, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the number one, the number one asset for sure. And so tending to that, cultivating that, making sure that all of that is healthy, it's ultimately what we want for life. And then from there, it's the evolution of ourselves and our being and just, you know, continuing that upward expansion um, collectively, because as we collectively evolve, you know, so does the unit and the universe is constantly expanding. And so we're also looking to expand with it. And if we don't, that's, you know, where we become misaligned with what's happening around us. So yeah, thank mm -hmm. you so much, Lindsay. Lindsay, how can people get a hold of you and your coaching services? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so my website is www saysayjames.com um, and that's probably the easiest way they can catch me Perfect. and then uh, yeah I'm, I'm around and uh, would look forward to connecting with anyone if they have any questions about pursuing any of these pathways and I was just so happy to be here with you fun conversation I love diving into just being alive in general how we can do it well and wonderfully and so thank you for having me. You're welcome. Me. Absolutely. And it's been, I'm so grateful that you joined this morning. Thank you so much. Um, I will also put your name and your website in the show notes so that people can find you. And I want to say thanks again so much, Lindsay. It's been really um, an inspiring conversation for sure this morning. And I know that our listeners are definitely going to um, find this, you know, really useful and inspiring and so i want to also remind our listeners um, to please subscribe and share this content with at least one other person who would also like to improve their physical emotional mental and spiritual well-being and additionally increase their vitality and live a life they love by design have a great day everyone thank you so much mm -hmm.